Mike DeCourcy, Big Ten studio analyst, jumps on with us. And it's outside the Big Ten what we want to start with because this is kind of the news of the day. We go around college basketball, of course. Uh, Jim Behan stepping away. We don't know if it's, they're not using the word retiring. They're saying not returning. 47 seasons at Syracuse. Just your thoughts on his career. Well, he's had an amazing career. Uh, it really made Syracuse what it has been uh, into a national power. So many incredible names have gone through there from from Ronnie Cycli and, and Derek Coleman and Sherman Douglas and that group on through uh, the early 90s teams with Red Autry and Mike Hopkins in the backcourt court that were so much fun and and then on to a decade or so later you got there you, you got uh, Carmelo Anthony out there winning a national championship so it, it's been amazing what he's been able to accomplish and unfortunate that uh, that he went out the way he did, chose to go out the way he did. Because when they come to you and say, look, it's time, you can say, okay, I get it. Uh, and you can say, okay, well, how are we going to handle this the best way? And he, just, so he decided to handle it the worst way, just about the worst way, combative in the press conference, making it clear that it wasn't his decision. And instead of embracing Adrian Red Autry as his successor, uh, Red played for him 30 years ago, one of the most delightful people that you guys ever asked to meet has given a couple of decades to his life to Syracuse, but making Jim's teams better as a as a four-year assist leader in the early 90s and then as an assistant coach for the last decade. And instead of saying, hey, man, isn't it going to be great to have Red up here, he doesn't say a word at his press conference and doesn't say a word in the press release announcing him, uh, announcing. Uh, Adrian Autry as his successor. I, I just, I, I just think there's so many better ways to do it than that, and he chose one of the worst possible ways. Mm. Mike, what about looking at the ACC? Pitt had a big win today. NC State looks like they're going to win against Virginia Tech. Do you think both of those teams are in now into the field of 68? Yeah, I, I never really had uh, Pitt as a bubble team. I'm from Pittsburgh. So I'm pretty connected to the people back there. And they, and everything I heard and read was bubble, bubble, bubble. And I'm like, look, I do this every day for three months. The bubble is so far from where they are. Now, they could have gotten there perhaps if they'd gone out and blown today, uh, uh, blown today's lead or blown today's game. But they didn't do either. They uh, they gave up the lead in, in the uh, early second half. But then they got themselves together and, and finished strong. Uh, I, I think that uh, – that it's a solid NCAA tournament team. It's not the seed that they think they deserve because they're third in the ACC. Uh, but this isn't the ACC that they think they're third in. I mean, this is not this is not what we saw a decade ago. It's not what we saw three decades ago or four decades ago. I wrote about the the NC State ACC tournament run today, and it, when they had to go through uh, uh, Jordan and Perkins on Saturday. And on Sunday, they had to come back and go through Samson, and they did it. And that's how they ended up winning the national championship, uh, being able to go out and win the national championship. It's not like that now. They, 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 one of the interesting facts about about um, about Pitt is that they had five, they had ten quad one wins, one loss, and five of those quad excuse me quad four excuse me ten quad four uh, wins and one loss. And five of those quad four games were league games. You can't in the Big Ten. 
the only quad four game available is if you are scheduled to play Minnesota at home. Every other game is higher than that. And they and, and you could get five from one for one team. That's how bad the ACC was this year. Mike, uh, looking at the Pac-12, great year for UCLA, 27-4. and four. They're in the mix right now for a number one seed in the tournament next week. But do you think they can make a run now? Uh, they lose Jalen Clark for the rest of the season, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, averaging 13 points, six boards, having a really good year. Do you think they could still make a run? Well, I think they can. It will depend on who they're situated against and all that sort of stuff. And it will depend even more so on Amari Bailey being brilliant. Uh, one of the things that made this team extraordinary was when Amari was 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 going, and he was going early. Then he had a little struggle, and then all of a sudden he gets hurt, and he comes back, and there's a little adjustment period, and then he was really good again. And when the two of them were out there, they were the best collection of defensive wings that I can remember seeing. Uh, they were just phenomenal. As for, you, know, you go back maybe to uh, early '90s Duke, and you've got uh, Tony Lang. Uh, and Brian Davis and Grant Hill, but those are bigger guys. These are smaller wings, six three, six four, and what they were able to do with their speed and quickness, it, they it was it was phenomenal. And now you're only you only have one of those guys. One of the problems with the fact that that Jalen's out is it forces David Singleton in a into a into a higher minutes rotation. And when David was doing that because Amari was out, he was not quite the same player. He's literally the best shooter in college basketball. He has he has an unbelievable touch. But I think when he plays a lot of minutes, above 22, 23, he starts to wear down a little bit. And I don't just mean wear down in an individual game late. I mean wear down collectively. So I think that Mick has to be careful with how he uses David and maybe try to use his freshman guards a little bit more to take the minutes load that, uh, that Jalen Clark leaves behind. Talking to Mike DeCourcy, BetMGM tonight. Uh, this has been a year of just unpredictability in college basketball, and we say that a lot, but it just felt like even more this year uh, than in the past. What are the programs, or maybe there's just one, that you have the most confidence in getting through and winning a national title? I know we got conference tournaments still obviously going on, but, uh, I mean, we're, we're sitting here on this show day in and day out trying to sort of find a team that we're comfortable with and feel like it, it it's kind of at least you've seen a few like I feel like Houston's still kind of been near the top as one that's always in consideration Kansas has risen now UCLA uh, which ones are you looking at as okay that's the one that's got the most uh, features I guess you could say for a national champion yeah I, I keep coming back to Houston on that because because although they have not played a significant schedule. I mean, they had three good non-conference games, went two and one in those. They had two good conference games, went two and zero oh in those. Both were tough against Memphis, one home, one road. And they'll probably, more than likely, get another tough, tough conference game against Memphis uh, if things go according to form in their tournament. But that's all. And everything else has just kind of been exercise and fine-tuning. And in some ways, I think that's good. Everybody likes to talk about battle-tested. But in reality, battle-tested can often wear teams out. When, when, when the ACC came uh, out of last year's less poor year, uh, less, a poor year but less poor than this one, when they came out of that uh, and, and then did well with, with players like Paolo Bancaro and the, and the guys who are still Carolina and all that, uh, part of the reason they did so well is because they weren't tired. It was, whole, it was so easy some nights. And you don't get that in the Big 12. You don't get any easy 
There's no, there's hardly any easy in the Big Ten. I think those teams wear out. And Houston, they're not worn out. My goodness. I mean, they've practically been watching movies all year, uh, sitting in the, in the theater with their feet up and popcorn. It's just not been hard. But they have had the opportunity to practice and try to work on stuff and be ready to go. And, and I think that they have the most qualities from the point guard uh, in Jamal Shedd, who's so good, to the, the perimeter shooting that Marcus Sasser provides, to the first-round draft choices that you have in the front court. Uh, I think they have what you need to win it. And I, I am one of those who believes that, that being battle-tested is not what you necessarily want when you get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Mike, that's a really good point. Uh, the Mountain West, this conference tournament is going to be really good. San Diego State's really the only team that's comfortably in. Boise, Utah State, Nevada, probably with all some work to do. Which of those teams, if they get in, would you say to the listeners would be the one that you think could surprise some people in the tournament? Well, you know, the Mountain West history has been they don't surprise anybody. They don't stick around long enough to surprise anybody. Uh, so I don't know. You know, for me, I look at the Mountain West, and it's hard for me to judge them against other teams because they had almost no intersection with high-end competition. They, 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 had, they played uniformly poor schedules out of conference, and, 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 they, and they somehow – successfully built successful net ratings and successful Ken Palm ratings with what they did do. But there, if you look at the non-conference schedules, even for San Diego State, which usually plays a pretty good schedule, but if you look at them, there's just nothing there. Uh, there's almost no accomplishment, no achievement. So it's hard for me to know how good they are relative to other teams. But I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do when they get in. But a year ago, when, I mean, we thought Colorado State was really good. We thought Wyoming was intriguing, and I still think they were, but they couldn't hold up when they got into NCAA tournament and played that competition, played that talent level. Mike, do you think Drake is a team that can maybe can make some noise in the NCAA tournament? I know they're coming out of the Missouri Valley, but they've already locked up their spot, 13-1 and in their last 14, and I just think they're one of the better defensive teams in the country, and nobody's really talking about it. Yeah, you know, there there are teams on the 12 line that that are going to be that are probably on the 12 line. They're going to be really hard to play. And they're they're one of them absolutely. Darren DeVries does a great job uh and he has for multiple years. They've got good solid guard play. Uh, they they can really score when they, you know, they they've just blitzed Bradley, which is a good solid team from their league that won the regular season, just absolutely blitzed them in the first uh, half of that of their championship game last Sunday, and so I, I really like them. I like Oral Roberts a lot yeah. too. That's a team that uh, that has won in the NCAA tournament as recently as two years ago. Max Aceman, Aceman, who was the star of that team, is still there. Uh, got the confidence, knows he can do it. One of the great scorers in college basketball, and they brought in a transfer from Arkansas last year, Connor Vanover, who is a, a seven foot center. And he gives them a presence defensively that they didn't have before. He, he, he won't have as easy a time playing high major competition as he did playing in the Summit League where he was kind of just poaching, hanging back and blocking anybody that got past one of his guys. He's going he's gonna to have bigger bodies on him now, more physicality. But he's not, it's not like he's never done it before. I mean, he didn't play much for Arkansas last year. They, they kind of went with the speed game, and so he kind of got lost in that. Uh, but he, he has played against Southeastern Conference players before. 
So he knows what that's like. I, I, I like the combination and, and like what they have. And you know, I, I think if if I'm if I'm a four, I'm scrambling. I'm like if I'm Indiana, I'm like man, I got to stay off that five line because I don't want to face those guys. Mike, got about 90 seconds here. What about Purdue do you like, and what about Purdue scares you? Well, I love I, – I, I don't want to say like. I love what Zach Eady brings, what he's done, how he approaches the game, how patient he is uh, with, with how he's uh, fairly often called in terms of players being allowed to hang on him, but him not being allowed to do much defensively. Uh, he's got to be really careful or he gets fouls called because he's so big. Uh, I love that about about them. And what I don't like is that if you throw multiple defenders at him at this stage, or or let me put it this way, if you recently have thrown multiple defenders at him, and I'm talking beyond two at times, up to three and four, the uh, the the exterior players, the perimeter players for Purdue have not made you pay. Uh, they should be shooting, you know, open jump shots, and they are shooting open jump shots, but they should be making them as if it were practice, and they're not going in. And if if you can throw three guys at Zach, I mean, he's still going to score. He did it to Indiana. Indiana was throwing two and three at him, and he put 26 points and 18 rebounds on them. But the rest of their guys did almost nothing, and as long as that persists, uh, they're going to they're beat teams that aren't very good, and they'll probably, you know, they'll play a, a 15 or a 16 depending on how this weekend goes. Um, but when they got, get into teams that can play, um, they're going to have trouble because they're going to struggle to score enough points unless those guys start dropping shots. Yeah, it's tough to uh, move a guy that's 7'4", 300 pounds. So that's certainly one advantage that Purdue definitely has. Mike DeCourcy, Big Ten Network. Appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks so much.